1: Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy. I will be sitting in one final night for Chad Jensen. You know this guy over on this side, one half of your football priest, Zach Kelberman, always here. Zach, how are you doing tonight, my friend?
2: I'm Itching. I'm fiending for some Broncos football, Scott. It was nice that (laughs) yeah. you got any more of that Broncos football, Joe Rogan? No, but it was nice that Sean Payton finally had availability today, breaking the bye week, getting back into the football swing of things. And I got to tell you, Scott, after watching that Bills game last night, I'm a little more encouraged. I I still think if the Broncos play what we saw them play against Kansas City, we could be talking about four and five this time next Monday night so let's
1: get into that a little bit there's there's all the pessimistic and the optimistic ways of thinking about that unfortunately i always fall on the pessimistic side which usually makes me right optimism to me is like false hope but i, I grew up as an atlanta sports fan and there's a lot of misery and i was born in cleveland for god's sakes i have earned the right to be a miserable cynical sob when it comes to my sports teams so when i see the the buffalo bills win or, or lose I actually think that's a bad thing for the Denver Broncos. I think there's going to be a little bit more desperation for the for Buffalo at home. Or it could just mean, hey, they're not playing very well right now. And Cincinnati is. Cincinnati's turned it around. I think they've won four in a row now. But Buffalo
2: is beatable, for goodness sakes. So I don't think there's much doubt there, Zach. I mean... They were always beatable. That's why they're five and four now. They weren't undefeated coming into that game. And it's going to be tough. You know, I'm not necessarily expecting a Broncos win. I don't necessarily think the Broncos will upset Buffalo. Buffalo will be fighting, like you said, pretty much for their season, for their playoff standings. And uh, they rarely lose two games at home. It's at Buffalo, it's prime time. It's going to be tough. But I'm just saying they've become s- sort of a one dimensional team. They don't have much of a running game. Their defense is exploitable. If they can just. Easier said than done contain Josh Allen and the offense plays smart and disciplined ball controlled offense. They have a chance. Scott. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely a chance. And it's more
1: than just an any given Sunday type of chance. There's legitimate reasons that Denver Broncos can win this game. We'll get into a few of those. We want to say hello to some folks that have come in nice and early. Stu McPeak came in nice and early. And it's, it's interesting that McPeak is in his name and he is up on that peak of the mile high huddle, uh, Mount Rushmore so that's kind of cool Kevin Gray coming in Steve and Zach Chad and Scott uh, and Stu uh big mile I salute David McElrath is coming early so is Michaela Israel with a super sticker so thank, thank you so Caleb. much for the support that you showed us came in this morning I believe too as well it starts kind of running together a little bit I know y'all are probably sick of me you won't have to deal with me after tomorrow for like four or five days in a row it'll be nice for you uh but Michaela thank you so much And then Troy, always showing support to the various shows that we do. Thank you, Troy. Um, Pretty much all of them, Troy. And Troy comes in, Zach. He says, hey, all. Hey, guys. How do we get Mims and McLaughlin more involved without tipping our hand to run versus pass? Is this the week we finally see Moss, Riley Moss, cornerback in the rotation? Have a great show. Um, Zach, you mentioned media availability from Sean Payton, and he, he talked a little bit about Marvin Mims as well.
2: He said he has his notepad right in front of him, and on the notepad was ways to get Marvin Mims involved. And I don't know if that was Sean Payton's brand of humor or if he was being sincere, but obviously he feels the need to get his most explosive receiver, his biggest playmaker, the ball. And I do think we'll start to see that not only with Marvin Mims, Scott, but also Jerry Judy. He talked about the fact that Judy... I'm going to have an article coming out for the website after the podcast tonight, but he talked about... Jerry Judy being very important for the Broncos going forward. And he wants to get him the ball and, uh, and let him capitalize on that ceiling that he showed against Kansas city. So there it's a pretty easy way of how do you get them more involved? Just get them the football. I mean, put the football in their hands for Mims or McLaughlin, whether it's a running play, whether it's a passing play, just get the ball in their hands and good things will happen. Scott.
1: Yeah. I think the the tip that Troy talks about is it's if, if, If McLaughlin's in the game, it's going to be a run because he's not, can't be trusted in pass protection. That said, he's a good enough receiver out of the backfield that you better account for him. For me, that's one way to help slow down a rush is make sure he is a hot receiver and he understands the offense enough to know, know enough when to cut a route short. You know, instead of having him take on a head on a blitzer coming through a 250-pound linebacker who's coming with a full head of steam and getting pounded into the turf, why don't you just step into that void? that was left in the middle of the field turn around and look for the ball uh, or slide out to the right you know make sure that you're on the same page that comes with experience Zach that comes with timing I don't I don't want him to be out there and and driven into the ground like a a railroad spike by a a, a 250 pound linebacker coming in but he, he still can slow the rush down by being a factor in the passing game Zach as a
2: receiver I believe A hundred percent. I mean, Darren Sproles wasn't necessarily great in pass pro. He was a smaller type of running back, but he was always involved in passing situations and all three downs because he's so explosive or he was, and you have to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Troy, in terms of Riley Moss, I don't know. I mean, obviously we all want to see him. We think he could be a really good player, but I don't think, and I don't, want the Broncos to fix what isn't broken. That secondary was broken when you had Damari Mathis and Asang Bassi playing the majority of snaps. Ever since they went to Moreau and Jaquan McMillian, the pass defense looks tenfold better. So Moss will continue to play special teams and kind of earn his right to play defense, but right now they have a good thing going, surprisingly.
1: Yeah, and I think there will be room for him in there. You don't have enough coverage, guys. I mean, if you go dime with six defensive backs and you figure you got two safeties, who's your sixth guy then? If I've got uh if I've got six DBs, I've got Sertan, Moreau, uh McMillan, you just mentioned, I've got uh Sutton, not Sutton, I'm sorry, I've got uh Simmons and PJ Locke, and then who who's who ends up being my sixth guy in a in a dime package. So there, there should be snaps. Well, I mentioned talk about it all the time when we're talking about team building. I think it was even last night. Which would you rather have the tight end of the corner, man, of the corner? There, there, You just need so many of them, including six guys at once. Let alone backups. You know, for anything else for special teams. So again, we'll see. Troy, um, is this is this the time to do it? Um, Moss will earn his way in, but I, I think he's got a chance to to see some time out there. Uh, as he gets healthy. So that that's the big thing is with the nature of his injury, it could be strained and he could have a setback at any given time. No reason um, really to rush that uh, unique prepping coming in. Good to see you. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, Zach, I think that's another Zach, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Berry sports highlights says, Hey, well, Hey to you too. Um, <laughs> Mark McDonald says, we love you, bro. Always fun listening to your takes. I certainly appreciate it. Little Seth deprecating humor never did anybody any harm, right? If you can't laugh at yourself, well, somebody's going to laugh at you. So you, you you better be on the right side of that one. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in with some Facebook stars. says, good evening, Zach and Deacon Scott. I'm kind of hoping the Bills feel so much pressure to win that they make mistakes. And that is certainly a possibility, Zach.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw it happen with Josh Allen as good as he plays, and when good Josh shows up, he's damn near unbeatable. But when bad Josh shows up, it's a lot like Drew Locke. The game can go sour pretty fast. But you have to put him in a position for him to be bad Josh. You have to contain him to the pocket. You can't allow Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis or Khalil Shakir, whatever his name is, to get open down the field. If you be physical at the line of scrimmage, if you play – press man coverage, something VJ doesn't like to do, and you get after, hold your contain, hold your responsibilities, your assignments, and you play Allen the way you played Mahomes, that's how you force Buffalo into mistakes. And as we have seen, especially against the Bengals, if you're a more technically sound football team, if you're playing better complementary football, if you don't shoot yourself in the foot, odds are Buffalo is going to do that to themselves before you do. Yeah, So you look at this again, the pessimist
1: to me says, okay, we're giving the bills probably too much credit in saying that, you know, we know what they can be at their best. Well, they haven't been at their best. They're, they're a game over 500 halfway through the season. Right. So are we giving them too much credit or is it just the, again, the pessimist to me that says you're going to get their best shot. And if they, if you get their best shot, they're going to be really, really hard to beat, but they've had trouble. Again, the, the fundamental things they've had trouble running the ball, And they've had trouble stopping the run. If those are your two Achilles heels, you're in trouble. It's hard to become a Super Bowl team if you have trouble running the ball. And if you have trouble stopping the run, you're not a great team. So the Denver Broncos have gotten better in stopping the run. And the strength right now of their offense and getting stronger is running the ball, Zach.
2: I was just gonna say the two things the Broncos have done well in the last three weeks has been stopping the run, like you said, and running the ball, playing ball controlled offense, using your three-headed attack of Javante, Samaji, P. Ryan, and Jaleel McLaughlin, and for Russ to play off of that, build off of that, and make the throws he needs to make over the course of a game. Again, it's not unlike playing Kansas City. This is an elite team. It's an AFC superpower, and to beat them, especially on the road Monday night primetime, you have to come correct for all 60 minutes and play technically sound football. If the Broncos do that, and we'll know, Scott, we'll know whether that game against Kansas City was an outlier or whether it was a sign of things to come if the Broncos did turn that tide. But if they did turn that tide, I could doesn't make me a homer. I could easily see them coming out of this game four and five. I think they've
1: turned the corner. I think the Denver Broncos have absolutely turned the corner. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good enough to be Buffalo on the road. You know, I know we we had this discussion last week, you know, normal, no moral victories, whatnot. But if you go there and you play, if you stand toe to toe with the Buffalo Bills, you are a much, much better team. You are improving. You are still heading in the right direction. Despite the loss, nobody expects this team to go undefeated the rest of the way. And a setback does not, it it could still be two steps forward, one step back. You're still heading in the right direction. That's my take on this, depending on how the game goes. And George asks with some stars, by the way, thank you, sir. What is your prediction on the Monday night game with us being on the way up and the bills on the way down?
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
3: Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen including ee system
2: i, I we've been hey. talking about it the last you know 20 or 12 minutes now on the whole podcast last night it's the Buffalo is going to play the Broncos very pissed off. You talk about that all the time, Scott. You don't want to really face a an elite team coming off a bitter loss, but. They're not infallible. They're not the greatest show on turf. They're not the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens. This is a flawed Bills team. And as good as Josh Allen is, as good as the team can be, we are not seeing their best this season. So, George, we'll know. I mean, this is the make-or-break game for the Broncos season. It's either we go back to talking about the draft and talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May, or if they win, we start to talk about a winning record and maybe the possibility of the playoffs. It's either-or at this point.
1: Yeah, because the I think 3 and 6 is too big of a hole to dig out from under. Yeah. Um at, it's going to take at least 10 and 7 to make the playoffs out of the AFC. And to go to 3 and 6 with 8 games to play, 7 and 1's a bit tall of an order, you know, for a team that started 1 and 5. Um so, you know, my prediction on this one, you know, as I've said George is I would still probably go Bills. Uh, home game. They're favored for a reason. I'm going to go with the probability. The probability says the Buffalo Bills win this game, but here are the reasons why this wouldn't be a fluke if Denver to win this one. And a lot of it has to do with the the, the turnovers from Josh Allen, their inability to stop the run and Denver Broncos taking care of the ball, red zone efficiency, and running the ball more effectively. All good things. Uh, Patrick Wiltsey, Aloha Priest and Scott Pods on the way, Father Zach. And we got all kinds of stuff going on here. Um, I, uh, you know, I did the, I used the pour overs from Lion Coffee today while I was watching a match because I didn't want to take all the time to brew a cup, brew an entire cup. So I just had some hot water while I was watching Chelsea beat Spurs four to one today. I'm a little hoarse from screaming at my television. Um, so thank you, Patrick. Help me get through the day with, uh, so check it out, um, lioncoffee.com. Patrick takes care of us. It's the least we can do to just try and, Send some folks his way. Ryan Thompson says, What's up, Broncos Country? Hashtag Buckham. Good to see you, Ryan. Um, little update from uh from Mark McDonald. He says Davis just took it to the house on an 87-yard punt return for the Chargers. So it sounds like the Chargers are off to a good start tonight. Colin Wood has a good question about finishing strong, finishing the half strong, and coming out of the third quarter, coming out of, of halftime and having being a little sleepy. He asks. Have we scored in the third quarter at all this year? I haven't looked. I can't hmm. imagine that the answer would be no. I'm sure I could look up the splits and that's what I would normally be doing in the background. So I might just sit here and talk long enough for Zach to find it while <laughs> he's looking, but it does seem like those finish the dri- finish the first half drives, opening second dr- second half drives, those back-to-back drives have been a little f- fruitless for the Denver Broncos this year, Zach?
2: I'm trying to look right now. I Googled uh, NFL team. I think if
1: you look up Denver Broncos ref, look on 2023 and then look at splits, you
2: could probably find scoring by quarter. I'm going to assume they have though. I mean, we all know they've been pretty bad coming out of halftime. They're a very Jekyll and Hyde uh, sort of team, but I have to assume, Scott, in the last couple weeks, especially they've put up at least a touchdown in the, in the third quarter. But I want to confirm that yeah advanced stats
1: rushing that's all advanced defense i need game splits and i'm not sure where to find that one uh i don't want to spend the whole time boring the people that are listening on here but uh i would think normally you could find it in there under under splits offensive splits here we go how about offensive splits how about splits by quarter is that something we're interested in um rushing i don't see points I'm on this website that says 10 points, but I don't really trust the website. So it says a number of plays run. It's the only one that's under 100 attempts, yards, touchdowns, There has not been a touched rushing touchdown. There have been uh, two touchdowns passing. So the answer is yes, they have scored points in the third quarter because they have, they do not, but they only have one rushing touchdown all year. That is a stat that blows my mind, Zach. Um, and then I know the short passing game is an extension of the running game, but still, but they have scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. So they do have some points on that side. Um, so yes, they have scored, but it does seem like they come out a little sleepy in the third quarter and you, you can't afford to do that against a quality team. Right. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons you're three and five right now. Um, who was it? You came out strong against uh, Chicago, but was it uh was it Washington where you had a big lead and just slept on it that, that those are the kind, you know, there's no such thing as a must win in the early that blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there is those, those first two games are crippling you right now. Yeah. If you win both of those and who cares what happens, I can go have a stinker against the dolphins or drop one against the Jets at home that maybe I don't need to, but I'm sitting there at five and three. Okay. That, that looks pretty good. And those those games matter. And hopefully you can go and take a couple games that you didn't think you would. Kansas City being one of them and uh, Buffalo on the road being another. And all of a sudden you're back even to where you thought you could be. So good question, Colin. Um, couple questions I want to have based on, you know, some of the media availability. I guess Sean Payton was asked about Jerry Judy and you know, what were your thoughts on moving him, not moving him? And and he was Sean Payton was basically like, listen you're asking the wrong people. All we can do is pick up the phone. We're not the one making the call.
2: Yeah. I mean, he also said we we never had the idea fixated of we're standing pat. They were very fluid with the offers they were getting. There was a report that the Broncos turned down a three and a five Uh, for Jerry Judy. And again, it was either because they were holding out for more or they genuinely see him as an integral part of the offense going forward. And sure enough, Sean Payton said today that Jerry Judy is very important for the Broncos moving forward, and he wants to get him more touches. He talked about the fact that Brandon Johnson had more touchdowns than Jerry Judy. Judy finally scored last week for the first time since last December, I believe. So maybe there is truth to it, Scott, that they see him as a potential wide receiver one. And if he closes out the season on a strong note, maybe they they suffer through that fifth year option.
1: Playing well gives you good options, like you're saying, uh, you know, if Russell Wilson is playing great, does that help the contract? Maybe, you know, maybe I can move on from or at least I can still win games with him and I can play through a couple years of that contract, yeah. possibly um i might have trade options jerry judy going out and making it so i have somebody knocks on the door and wants to offer me a first next year okay that's great no he's too valuable i want to keep him that's great so you're while we talk about tanking this and tanking that having your players play well gives you options which is much better than you know uh, this might be the different year a number one or number two pick but a couple spots in the in the uh, in the draft Having good options with the players that you are, have already, already have under contract is is beneficial. You, you want to win. You want them to play well. Um, speaking of, uh, of playing well, and uh, we look at the schedule. On the road against Buffalo, but then you come home. And when you're home, it's more fun to be there live for the Denver Broncos. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos in the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash
3: Bunkos Um
1: moving forward, want to say hello to Steve Hale, who is coming with some uh, some love for us. He says separate hey, five guys. I'm really hoping to see another complete game from all three phases. BJ gets a lot of credit for the way the defense took it to Mahomes
2: twice. Do you feel they have turned the corner as a defense, Zach? God, I'm trying not to let my personal bias get in the way because every week I say, just show me this week, show me this week, and I'll believe. And I became more of a believer. It's easy to shut down Jordan Love and the Packers. It's harder to do it against Mahomes and blank them in the second half, hold them to field goals, and force Mahomes to say that was the worst I ever felt walking off the field. So I give VJ a lot of credit. I think they might have turned a corner. But again, like I said earlier, Next Monday night will be the make or break. It'll tell me all I need to know about the 2023 Broncos coming out of a bye week, building off a winning streak, some momentum, snapping that uh, streak to Kansas city. If they play as well against Josh Allen, I will Steve a hundred percent look at you dead in your eye on this camera and say that VJ and the defense turned a corner. But if they come out and allow another dolphins type game, it could be like it was an outlier and they're back to their same old ways.
1: I think, I think the team's definitely, and I can't get back to the stats here because I just want to read you. I think <clears throat> the team's definitely turned a corner. Now, are they playing, are they a top five defense? You know, no, I don't, I don't think that, but they're also not historically bad either. Um, you look at total yards and they gave up 261 to the Raiders and and lost inexcusable 390 to the commanders in a loss uh 726 you know that looks like an outlier but not really 726 to the Miami Dolphins crazy 471 to the Bears 407 to Zach Wilson Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets then it's 389 then it's 331 to the pack then it's 274 389 331 274 all headed in the right direction score started looking better uh it went from seven it went from 35 to 70 to 28 to 31 to 19 that was due to the red zone the they they got their yards but the red zone defense stepped up all of a sudden things started working things started playing better they only gave up 17 of the packers in a win then they only give up nine and give up 274 total yards of offense so Three games in a row for me, the the trend is absolutely heading in the right direction. They have turned the corner and are heading in the right direction. Does that make them an elite defense? Not yet, but yes, Steve. Do I feel like they have turned the corner? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Appreciate you. Um, Zach, wanted to talk about... Sean Payton was asked about what he felt the team had improved most on from week one to week eight, and heading in, you know, through the bye week and into the the next phase of the season, second half of the season. What did he say? And do you agree with him?
2: I, I think he was talking about first of all. It, something that stood out to me, he was talking about the fatigue element over the bye week or preceding the bye week and how important, you know, to quote Marshawn Lynch, you know, getting your mental chickens in order is for the team and for him. And he said he slept a lot and he got to watch football. So we should see, you know, hopefully a re-energized uh, Broncos coaching staff and, um, and, 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 p- and personnel on the field on Monday night. But what Sean Payton said about the bye week it's a lot of self-scouting. I'm just giving an example on offense, but from the overview as in a team, I think we're a lot further down the road, and because of that, you get much more invested and recognize the next opportunity at hand. We're going to play on a national TV game a week from tonight and then another national TV game the following Sunday. Those will both be important uh, games for us as a team. So he didn't necessarily answer the question, Scott, word for word, but I think reading between the lines, my interpretation, he got a chance to take a step back coming off two big wins or at least one big win and is evaluating where the team is and where they can go based on the landscape of the NFL facing a bills team. That's, susceptible facing a Vikings team the following week without Kirk cousins and then so on and so forth. So I think he took stock of where Denver is and he's proceeding accordingly. Now keep scrolling down
1: because uh, he was asked specifically on where he thought the team improves the most. And I quote, I think we're defending the run better. Number one, I think our red zone defense has been much improved. I think offensively we've been much more efficient running the ball. So he goes through a bunch of things, but the first thing he says is, I think we're defending the run better. Now, we talked earlier about what makes Buffalo Bills susceptible to the Denver Broncos, the the strength of the Denver Broncos running game, and it's improving. It's number 12 right now in the NFL, and it's getting better. Uh, The offensive line is starting to gel a little bit. You're getting a healthy Javante Williams. The flip side of that, we said, was if you can't stop the run, you're in trouble. Well, the Broncos, if you can't stop the run, why would I do anything else? As an offense, it's real simple. I'm just going to hand it to the guy behind me, and he's going to run for 8 to 12 yards. If you can't stop that, you can't, you're can't. you depending on penalties and turnovers. That's reactive at best. They're stopping the run better. That is, to me, one of – I don't know if that's the biggest thing because there was so much wrong with the defense, Zach, that just tackling might be the right answer. Uh, pressure for four quarters through uh, different people, and and frankly, Zach, when we talk about them turning the corner, it started when they traded Randy Gregory and got rid of Frank Clark. It's it's not a coincidence to me that you showed the young guys nobody is safe if you're not
2: going to give a professional effort, and I, I think it's 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 changed the team, and it's amazing. We talk about addition by subtraction. It's not just a cliche. It's amazing what if you cut out the cancers in a locker room whether it be a coach like Josh McDaniels we saw how the Raiders responded after his firing or you get rid of malcontents and, and and just locker room lawyers like Randy Gregory, Frank Clark the team's morale instantly approve uh, improves. And when the morale goes up, that's an intangible thing that can help you as crazy as it sounds. win a game on Sunday, the team seems to be buying in to Sean Payton's message. And that's happened after those two were jettisoned. And I find it funny, Scott, since Gregory joined the, uh, the 49ers, they haven't won a game yet. I'm not saying it's his fault, but I'm
1: just saying. It's not all on Randy Gregory, obviously, but he's like one in six. And the one win was when he got benched with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I think that was Says the one win they had. So, no, it's not It's not all on him, obviously. But the Denver Broncos defense got better in part because they went with the younger guys. I mean, Rainer Gregory was playing horribly, flat out. I think his past, I, I I had said, and this is why I like statistics, it's like, all right, my – seat of the pants analytics is watching Randy Gregory not be able to get off a block against a second team right tackle. That's pathetic. Then you see, okay, his, you know, I'm reading through some of the the analytics stuff and he had a 5% pass win rush rate, pass rush win rate. And I'm like, how did he ever win 5%? What's that one in 20? I don't remember him even winning one. That's, that's awfully generous. Uh, Speaking of generous, Scott Busby coming in with some stars over on Facebook. Uh, thank you so much that certainly helps us and uh, if you have any questions I know earlier today you were having trouble getting the, the comments to go with it so you know you've got one in the bank uh, I'll, I'll make sure to move you to the top of the queue if we we see you Malcolm Brown he comes in he says hello from Homer Alaska hello good to see you and then uh, speaking of the, the the Buffalo Bills defense and one of the reasons the Cincinnati Bengals have won a bunch of games in a row now Keith says it's a good thing Joe Burrow is healthy because that Bill's defense was getting after him. The Denver Broncos offensive line will have their hands full. Yes, they will. And you know what a really nice way to slow down the pass rush is, Zach? Running the ball. Run the football. (laughs) Their weakness, make them commit bodies to stopping the run as the only way they're going to stop you. Make them put... Seven, eight guys in the box get some one-on-one
2: matchups with Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton, and have some fun. And keep the down and distance manageable. It's a, it's a huge difference being second and two versus second and seven, third and one versus third and eight. You don't allow those Bills pass rushers and that defense to get going when they're in short yardage situations. They have some players up front, Rousseau uh, as a pass rusher for one. They have uh, Leonard Floyd, I believe. But is it Leonard Floyd? But we got Vaughn still. I was going to say, I, we, it's time we have this conversation, Scott. It pains me greatly, but I watched him last night. I've been reading some Bills, uh, beat reporters, tweets about him. I think Vaughn Miller is washed. I think he's at the end of the line. He had no tackles going into the last play of the game. I mentioned the last play of the game last night against the Bengals because Vaughn had a chance to stop Joe Mixon and get the ball back for the Bills offense, and he whiffed on an open field tackle. Vaughn of a few years ago would have made that tackle. He didn't have a pressure. He didn't have a sack. He was invisible. So of all the players on that Bills defense, I know it could be a revenge game for Vaughn in a sense. I'm not worried about him
1: he's older and he's coming off injury those are really really bad for a guy that relies on speed and athleticism Mm -hmm. those are two you don't need three strikes one of those will do you in uh both of them is is really tough and frankly the the bills were able to sign Vaughn because they signed him to a three-year deal this is the third year of that deal isn't it hasn't he been there three years already 120 million dollars um, I, don't I think, think he was getting all of that though. I think I remember seeing thinking it was going to be three years and about forty five overall, and then they could move on after that. But still, he was getting three years of guaranteed money where no one else was offering him more than two. Did they get what they needed from Von Miller? It's not the two years. The the year he was gone was the Super Bowl, so he's only in the second year. So he's still on the on the books for a considerable amount of money. Um, I believe I'll, I'll look that up here in just a moment.
2: But what have they won with Vaughn? Nothing. It's, it's nothing. More, no, I was I again.
1: Him. I was. He, I was like, he was like he was been gone three years. But yeah, but that first year was the Rams. Dumb, dumb, dummy. Yeah, that's me. I'm speaking to. It was the Rams, not the Bills, uh, where he had that first year of success away from the Denver Broncos, uh, which made it worth that that trade for uh, for the Rams. The Bills went all in and. Played well last year, but then he got hurt, which is a risk when you take an older guy like that. Yeah. But some of the players you're going to have to watch for. <clears throat> Tim Settle played really well on the interior line. Uh, Greg Rousseau and, and then Ed Oliver, again, is a beast inside. Leonard Floyd is getting up there in age two. Not quite as effective, um, but their front is really good. Um, you're Again, you're looking at Tim Settle, Ed Oliver, and Greg Rousseau as three guys that are probably as good that are that are really good players uh they're they're gonna be tough for sure but they've been susceptible to the run run it right at them zach
2: their secondary is very strong they just traded for rasul douglas they have Tre'Davious white poyer micah hyde but they're they're not invincible and i'm pretty sure poyer got hurt. A few Bills players got hurt in last night's game, so it's something worth monitoring. But we're going back to what you said, Scott, your original point. The best way to mitigate a pass rush, even a pass rush as good as Kansas City's, who they faced last week, is to establish the running game. And fortunately for Denver, the Bills have been gashed straight up the middle, running at Oliver, running at Rousseau, running at Floyd, and running at Von Miller.
1: Michaela Parker says, hi, fam. Hello to you. Good to see you this evening, uh, Michaela. I'm glad you're here. Uh and BK says addition by subtraction is a real thing, especially when sure the margins is. are so small. Uh in international soccer, they call it the the managerial bounce. When you get a new guy in, the team normally gets a a run of good form right away. They call that the, the managerial bounce. That was inevitable when you're taking away such a big negative as Josh McDaniel in the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, that one. I I wasn't really thinking about it, but my goodness, if ever there was time to dial up one of our sponsors that that dabble in betting and gaming, this was the one, the the first week
2: that that Josh McDaniel is gone, for goodness sake. And they were lighting up victory cigars and acting like they won a title. They beat the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. Oh, I thought you were going to say when Josh McDaniel was fired. I mean, I, I saw
1: the locker room. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they lit up more than cigars, Scott, when McDaniels was fired. That was before but... the game. I, I was <laughs> like, oh, you mean they, they lit up the cigars after the game? I thought you meant they, they did when the news came out that Josh um, McDaniel was gone. They were lighting up victory cigars. That happened. That was – actually, that was my soccer team. That was Chelsea. Someone lit up a freaking cigar. No, it was Manchester United. Who, Kevin, you're in here, Manchester City fan. I think it was when Jose Mourinho was sacked – for Manchester United, one of their players lit up a victory cigar and put himself on Instagram. <laughs> oh yes, that's what made me think of that with Mister uh, Mister McDaniel, and he just gets to go cash twenty five million dollars yeah. in severance. Poor guy, I
2: feel so bad for him. But it you know, shows about it's, though, Scott. It shows him. really really quickly, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it shows that the morale just with one simple move can change the course of a team and just, they have played more inspired. And I think we saw the same thing happen when the Broncos got rid of Gregory and uh, Frank Clark.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Uh, there's a, you know, a bigger, it's more obvious when you've got a guy like Josh McDaniel. Um, it's, it's a little more subtle when your veteran is playing so poorly and all of a sudden, things start turning around when he's gone. Huh. That Funny might not how that be a, not, might not be a coincidence. Jerry Rosberg, Nathaniel Hackett? <sighs> yes. Ted says, if we beat the Bills, the Broncos might win out. Woo. You'd probably be, f- mm. if not favored, there wouldn't be these wild swings that you see now. Like, next week, the, the winning percentage is like 80-20. It's, it's huge for in favor of the Bills. Considering how momentum-dependent and streaky this team is, both with good and bad streaks. You win this one, you can, you, you, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll put it in as a, I rarely ever speak in definitives because they come back and bite you in the ass. You win this game, it's too much to ask to win out. The Broncos will not win out. Here, here's, that's the, the best positive juju I can give you right now. The Broncos will not win out if they beat the Buffalo Bills put it in writing now we're talking eight in a row 10 wins in a row now to finish the season ted i love your spirit on this one
2: Ted, you know, I I do I do as well. I share your optimism to an extent, but we haven't really seen many good streaks with the Broncos. We've seen plenty of bad, but now we're just at a small two game winning streak. It's not necessarily something to say that the last seven years should be forgotten about because they still have a lot to prove. But let's look at the Broncos remaining opponents really quickly, Scott. We got Buffalo at Buffalo, uh home for Minnesota, home for Cleveland at Houston, at Chargers. At Lions, home for Patriots, home for Chargers, and at Raiders, I'm as high on the Broncos' prospects as anybody else. If they play uh, to the level that we saw last week, but winning out, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah,
1: but it it certainly makes you feel like you'd be in there in any game. You wouldn't go into the game with the Miami feeling of like it's going to take a fluke to win this game. Hundred yeah, yeah, percent. That's it's gone. It's it's we feel like we can we can win any game we play. You probably won't, but. Going in feeling like you can win is a it's that's beats the hell out of what I've seen from this team the last two and a half years. And if they do win, if they do win, the next meet and greet pizza is gonna be on me. So let's talk a little 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 bit of little Caesars before we get out of here. Make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Um, I, it's always a huge part of my game Dave, because pizza is so easy. I still eat a ton, even though I'm a vegetarian and it can be kind of a pain to figure out what to eat so I can get on the phone, call up a pizza place, get me a veggie pizza delivered nice and easy order online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite little
2: Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way you win. So many toppings, Scott. Just the crust alone. You can have regular crust, thin crust, stuffed crust. Anything your heart desires, you can find it. You're always winning at Little Caesars. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game.
1: I'm going to grab some friends right now, like Heath Holmes, coming in and saying, can I be honest, considering the last eight years now, if we lost every game from where we are out. I will think of this season with a smile because we beat the chiefs. I get it. It's unfortunate that that's where Denver fans are after several years, but you got to find your victories where you can. And if you finish, let's say you finish a game under what nine games left, you go four and five, the rest of the way you finish seven and 10 somewhere along the line, six and 11, but you beat It's like, yeah, but we got that monkey off our freaking back. That's what I'm going to remember because it was holy cow. It was like, eight long years of pain. It wasn't even six long years, eight. Like you said, Heath, eight eight years of pain. That's insane. The, the fact that Kansas City went eight years without having a game like they just had against the Broncos is statistically almost impossible. Uh, it, it's, yes, I'm very happy. I'm still very happy for Broncos country to get that one off your back. And oh yeah, our Kool-Aid guy, he says, you know, don't poke the bear with Von Miller says, please don't let Von Miller hear You say that he's washed. That's all we need for him. I don't know how much it's going to matter, honestly, because like you said, he's, he's up there in age and he's coming off an injury. And even if he comes back to be close to what we've seen from Von Miller, I don't think he's there yet. It might, it might happen next year as he gets fully healthy from that injury. I don't, I don't think again here, let's jinx it. Scott, I just don't think it's possible for him to do that this year because of the injury, not because of his
2: age, but because of the injury coupled with his age. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is not my opinion. Just watch the tape. He looks like a shell of his former self and it it kills me to say it. Vaughn is one of my all time favorite players, true Broncos legend, future first ballot hall of famer, but father time is undefeated. And I think he's starting to get to, uh, to Vaughn, but I want to make a point. About the previous comment, beating the Chiefs and that being the moral victory we hang our hat on uh, this season. I f- tend to think to myself, WWPD, what would Pat do? What would Pat Boland do? What would Pat Boland think? He had the Broncos standard, and the standard was winning Super Bowls, and everything else falls short of that. And I'm not saying it has to be Super Bowl or bust this year to have a successful season. But it's a little, not anything against you. It's just a little weak, in my opinion, to celebrate one win in the last 16, 17 tries against your hated foe in a season where you might finish 7-10, and 10, in a season where you lost to Josh McDaniels, in a season where you lost to Nathaniel Hackett, in a season where you lost to Sam Howell making his first career road start. There was a lot that went wrong this year, and the Broncos have a lot more work to do, Scott, to rectify that and truly win over the fan base. See, I, but I do understand exactly where he's
1: coming from. The, the one macro team I root for, and I didn't know they were this when I picked them. I picked them because of the player, is, is Chelsea Football Club, It's soccer. This is a team that's won everything there is to win in the last 20 years. I start rooting for them, and all of a sudden they start going in the tank. This season has been pretty crappy, but they made a mockery of their rival today no matter what happens, I'm going to remember that fondly. I'm going to enjoy that one. And yes, you have higher standards for a team that has won everything, but I can't control that. I can't can't control what they did against the Raiders and I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to remember, hey, that was a fun weekend that we had. That's what I'm going to remember this game. Hopefully move on from it. I can't, that that's how I would take that comment, Zach. And um, not that this is good enough. As long as we beat the Chiefs, the rest of it. Looking back, that's what I might remember. Moving forward, hey, I, I want to win Super Bowls again, and I think that's where that's where Broncos country is. George Fox, he's still worried. We poked the bear. George says, "I'm afraid Bond is going to feast on Russ, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life." And then John has a question for you. He says, do you think Russell Wilson can be like Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay under Matt LaFleur in a second season and
2: maybe just maybe get an MVP? Damn. I mean, you first have to ask yourself, is Russell Wilson on the same level as Aaron Rodgers? And mm, I think Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but I think. Oh man, you guys are going to kill me. I think he's just a hair all time. I think he's a hair below the tier that Aaron Rodgers is on. Now, can he be serviceable? Yes, he has been serviceable. Can he show flashes of his old Seattle days? Yes, we've seen that. Can he manage a game? Even Sean Payton talked about that today. But going on 36 and showing what he's shown on tape the last few years, I don't know that he has it in him. A lark a, a large part of his game has been diminished simply by time, simply by father time, by age. His mobility, his athleticism is isn't what it once was. I talked about that Jets loss. He was chased from behind and fumbled that ball in the closing seconds. Russ of 10 years ago would have scrambled away and completed a game-winning touchdown. So MVP. When we're talking about a three and five team, and Russell Wilson had five wins in his first year in Denver, I think it's a little bit hyperbolic. But I do think if everything goes correctly, and the the Broncos win the games we're supposed to win next year, in this instance, you can be a playoff team with Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Yeah, and and
1: you know, to be fair, Aaron Rodgers won his two his most recent two MVPs in 2020 and 2021 when he was 37 and 38 years old. John asked, you know, do you think that he could have a season like that and maybe win an MVP? And, and my answer for that is just flat out no, I, I don't. I don't think he is the same caliber of quarterback as Aaron Rodgers for yeah, one.
2: I don't feel as bad now. Two,
1: I don't think he has the offense that's going to be built around him. And even if it was, he's not the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is to build an offense completely around. Russell Wilson needs structure. He needs a running game and he needs the system around him to be successful. Uh, his ability to freelance has been a, a bonus. It's been gravy for the Seattle Seahawks, but some of that has now been diminished because his legs aren't what they used to be. Uh, can he be, again, if you take his number, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. If I offered you 32 and eight, the beginning of the season, you would have snatched my hand off for it. If this was last season, and the Broncos were three and five, and he's sitting there with 16 touchdowns and four interceptions, you wouldn't be complaining about Russell Wilson. Some of the recency bias against Russell Wilson is because he was so bad last year. Like, well, he still stinks. If you got that Russell Wilson last year, no one would have said, what's wrong with Russ? Not a soul. And you would be talking about how do we build around this man? But no, I don't see... I don't see an offense built around Russell Wilson in which he would succeed enough to put up the type of numbers he would need to win an MVP. I think that's a that's a stretch, John. Plus, um,
2: plus it also though. it's also fair Scott to Sean Payton to finally eventually get his guy. I mean, he inherited Russell Wilson. He knew what he signed up for, but it's only fair if he's going to be here for the long haul, which he will, to get the guy that he wants that he can grow with. And regardless of how Russell Wilson turns out, I'll keep saying this until the end of time. The Broncos need a younger developmental quarterback in the pipeline to start planning for the future, whether Russ plays at an MVP level or at a replacement level. On a callback to
1: Von Miller and his contract with the Buffalo Bills, and you know why did he sign? It was one of those things. Oh, you signed Randy Gregory instead of Von Miller. No, Randy Gregory had a two-year, twenty-six million dollar contract. Looking at these numbers on um, on Von Miller on yearly cash and guarantees, this was basically a three-year, sixty-five million dollar contract that Von Miller got. It was more than double the money. That that Von Miller got from the Buffalo Bills, they made him an offer he flat out couldn't refuse. It had nothing to do with Randy Gregory. He had everything to do with the Buffalo Bills. Why Von Miller is in Buffalo? His dead cap next year is still thirty two and a half million dollars. His cap hit is twenty three. That's a contract they're going to be regretting right now. They're they're going to be they're going to be hurting because of that contract, and uh, it's a shame for Von. I don't want people looking at Von Miller and say, I don't want him anymore, but we can't get rid of him because of his contract. That's a, that's a shame, but he's set for lifetimes. Not that he was hurting before, but that was a a deal that was just too good, too good to be true really for him that
2: he would have been ridiculous to turn that one down. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but looking back on it, George Payton got absolutely destroyed for trading Von Miller. And, you know, I get the emotional backlash of trading a legend and unloading someone that's been so pivotal to your franchise, not unlike DT or Emmanuel Sanders. But looking back on it now, watching Von's recent tape, George Payton absolutely made the right call trading Von when he did. It's always better to get rid of a player a year too early than a year too late. And Von Miller. Love him. Wish him the best. Uh, he's going to retire a Bronco one day, ring of famer, hall of famer. But I think he's starting to slow down big time.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I hope for for his sake that he gets his legs under, under him again. Because, again, a lot of that has to do with injury. He was playing at a pretty high level before that. And then we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But, Zach, I think we're pretty darn close to being ready
2: to get out of here and then go watch maybe a little Monday Night Football. What do you think? I think it sounds good. I think we're gonna watch. It's a lose lose for us tonight, Scott. We got the Chargers and the Jets. I don't know who I hate more. It's fourteen nothing Chargers right now, but uh, I guess word for the meteor to hit uh, East Rutherford. But that was the MHH podcast. If you are not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, and more. Scott is on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget about Chad at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some MHH merch like we're always rocking each and every day, check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. Also, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddlePod and find us on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. Also, make sure you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch. Maybe this hat, maybe a shirt. You never know. Each and every month, maybe a coffee cup. But if anything, y'all, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: Rick Callister's coming in at the 11th hour. I want to make sure we don't miss him. He says, joining late. Sorry if you covered this. If you're not getting one of the top three quarterbacks, what do you do at that position? And uh, I'm assuming you mean in the draft. And what's interesting, Rick, is there's a top two quarterbacks. And after that, there's a pretty big drop off. And then there's a list of five or six guys that could all fall in the same area. and Maybe some of those even slip to day two. I think no matter what, the Denver Broncos need to draft a quarterback next year. Yeah. I, I don't think Jarrett Stidham is your guy long-term. Maybe you can de- develop mental guy. And, and if he's not the guy, if you get him in there and he's not reading games, and i see seen him in the preseason and he doesn't look very good, he was a day-two pick. So be it. I'm willing to miss on a day-two pick if it means I eventually hit on a day-two pick on, on the quarterback position. So let's say you can't get Drake May or Caleb Williams along those lines, but J.J. McCarthy comes out. Shador Sanders is available. Um, Bo Nix, possibly Jaden Daniels. There's going to be some guys in there. that are going to be knocking on the door of first round grades that could be available. And you're going to have a lot of questions to be asked, depending on how Russell Wilson finishes this year, depending on how the Denver Broncos finish this year on whether or not you can stomach his contract for the next two or three years, or if you're better off ripping off the band-aid and taking all the hair and stuff with it, eating that dead contract and starting fresh. It's gonna be a hell. It's gonna be a hell of a debate come this uh, come this off season.
2: I just felt physical pain because that's never uh, never <laughs> pleasant ripping off the hair with a bandaid. I was gonna say this as well. Colin Wood says, uh, uh, "Penix or Bo Nix." As well, yeah. There's always that like Scott was talking about the second, third tier. I don't know that the Broncos are gonna be bad enough to be in the Caleb Williams or Drake May territory, but also maybe they don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Scott and I both agree they have to come away from the draft with a QB, but maybe you go tackle in the first round. Maybe you go receiver, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know, but this is a question, Scott, that we can't really answer until we see more of the season play out and we see where the Broncos stand in January.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. There's there's still a lot. I mean, we, we've gone from this team could go be the one and two pick to – we could be talking playoffs after just two weeks. Yeah. Let's talk again in two more weeks and, yeah. and and see what we think. I want to say thank you to our super chat superstars. Michaela came in first, broke the ice on YouTube. Troy, as always was here, Phil and George on Facebook, along with Scott Busby, Steve Hale. Thank you so much, Ted, uh, John Presley. And then finally closing us out was Rick Callister. Thank you all so much. It means a lot. It's truly humbling that uh, you know, y'all know, you would take your time and your resources and to support our show. And uh, we love you for it. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for filling in Scott once more. And I don't care what you say you are forever. The deacon, you are always welcome on this show. We all Cheers. love you. We all love hearing your takes and uh, we'll be looking forward to having you in the background, give you some much needed, uh, break time on, on Thursday and Sunday, but we are off for the next couple days. Is BFB coming tomorrow morning, Scott? Oh yeah, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: leaning right on, on Nick dude.
2: on that one. Nick, what do you got? Right on cue. Tomorrow night building the Broncos. Uh, Wednesday, Mile High Insiders. So Thursday, Broncos for breakfast with you and it. Thursday, Broncos for
1: breakfast. There that will go. be our, our, our true preview edition of the Buffalo Bills matchup.
2: There you go. And then Thursday night, we'll be back to break down that game. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.